They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. And we're back with an all-new episode of Keep It. We're calling this Keep It Brief, because it's just a chat between me and Lewis about some of the Oscars' biggest snubs and what we're looking forward to from Sunday's show. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's just me and Lewis, because Kara heard that we were going to talk about the Oscars, and she ran away. Fled, Carmen Sandiego style. (laughs) Hopped on a plane to Paris. At the top of the Eiffel Tower, bragging that she's there. (laughs) Uh, But the Oscars are literally in two days, Lewis. Yes. Yeah. Um, You're going to be there. I can't believe I am going to be there. Yeah. uh, The Oscars uh, and I are teaming up. Uh, I'm going to be hosting the Oscars All Access Red Carpet feed that you can watch on Twitter. Uh, before the ceremony. And then I've got to figure out where I'm watching the Oscars, because that's a very significant portion of my year, because uh, I here's my tactic. I'm going to go there, be very respectful to everybody I interview, and then I'm going to go tweet uh, snarkily about them. So how about that? <laughs> wow. A real backstabber. Right. Oh, the OJs? Sure. Yes, mm-hmm. Yeah. That is the song that made me want to open a strip club. Oh, yeah. Do you know what song I love based on the oh, that song is uh, Angie Stone, Wish I Didn't Miss yes! You anymore. Love that song. Yeah. Uh, Angie. What happened to her? I think Jill Scott murdered her. <laughs> there could only be one. <laughs> Angie was like, I'm the number one lady detective. And yeah. Jill was like, I don't think so, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> uh, well, the Oscars are coming up, so I figured that we could talk about some people who really deserve Oscars, mm-hmm. but did not get them. I mean, one of my favorite things about the Oscars is that not every time the person you want wins. like that, That's why there's an urgency to the Oscars, is that there's a sense of justice that you want to prevail. But guess what? Everybody has a different feeling about what that justice means. So sometimes somebody wins that you didn't really care for. I can think of a couple of wins that upset me. I'm not a big fan of Kim Basinger winning for LA Confidential. Because when you're she, trash. That's right. Oh, you love that win? I love Kim Basinger. I mean, I love Kim Basinger. Kim but, Ben Basinger. Oh, well, okay. What else would she have won for? Correct. (laughs) Surviving, dealing with Alec Baldwin and all those movies and and that marriage, I guess. But in that movie, she just has her hair over her eye. That's all she does. (laughs) And then guy Peter Rabbit. Right, yes. (laughs) Or um, the the villain that Meg Ryan played in Captain Planet. Oh my God. Uh, I can't believe I can't. Dr. Something. Blight. Blight, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. I got to give you my first year. Where I was upset with Best Actress Race. Okay. 1972. 1972. So that's Liza Minnelli won for Cabaret. And I bet you're talking about Diana Ross and Lady Sings the Blues. I am. I'm a brilliant person. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wish that Diana had won. It is an awesome movie. She's so good in that movie. I and listen, say... I love Cabaret. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's my but favorite I just musical. I think that... Um, 
Diana really pulled out that Billy performance. I want to say also that that is the only screenplay nomination that a black female screenwriter has been nominated for. It's also the last time two black women were nominated for Best Actors at the same time. That's exactly right, because it was her, it's uh, Cicely Tyson also. For Sounder. Sounder. Yes. (laughs) Which I feel like I've seen. Right. I know the book. Yeah. I feel like everyone's sort of seen that movie. I feel like we watched it in school as a kid, uh-huh. but it's never been a movie that I'm like, I want to revisit Sounder. Right. It's also a weird movie for Cicely Tyson's only nomination to be for. Like, it's not signature Cicely Tyson for me. You know? Well, racism. Right. That too. <laughs> um, mind you, I do love Liza Minnelli in that movie because she's giving you... I mean, people forget to associate her with raw sexuality, and in that movie... There's a desperation that's believable. There's uh, a, a, a talent that's believable. In a way, she's almost too talented for that role, which is supposed to be purely try-hard in certain ways. But uh, lots of iconic performances that year. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the most notable snubs ever, I want to hear what you think of this, is Oprah in The Color Purple. We have to say Oprah Winfrey in The Color Purple. In 1985, you called her Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> um, and she lost to Angelica Houston in Pritzi's Honor. Have you ever seen that movie? I have not seen Princey's Honor. It's not a movie people talk about anymore. Here's the problem. So Oprah gives a tour de force in The Color Purple, which if Keep It listeners haven't listened to The Color Purple, what have you been doing with your lives? I don't understand. But Angelica Houston in that movie is giving you a saucy black humor, a macabre spirit, and also every goddamn look is the most iconic thing you've ever seen. She just, some people just look like paintings. And so... (laughs) Angelica Houston fulfills a glamour that I think is very rare. So I think that's one of the best matches in uh, uh, Best Supporting Actress history. And while I'm sad Oprah didn't win for that, guys, Angelica Houston is a prize. I mean, from Adam's Family to The Grifters to I Left Her Small Role in 50-50. So I'm, I'm happy for that win. But Oprah, that's probably one of the most significant snubs ever. Okay. I think that you know who my... Most heartbroken snub is. Is this 1996? Angela Bassett. Oh, no. I was thinking Marianne Jean Baptiste for Secrets and Lies. No. Oh, Angela Bassett and What's Love Got to Do With It. And yeah. she lost to Holly Hunter in The Piano. Yes. That and is a movie we have about. established I don't like movies about pianos. <laughs> Every single one of them. Every single one. Wow. Unless they make piano lessons can be murder into a movie. Which is a goosebumps book for anybody who is new to the brand of this show. <laughs> um, yes, I lo- Mind you, What's Love Got to Do With It is. Just a harrowing movie. I mean, it's really I mean, one of the most significant scenes I remember is uh, Ike dragging Tina Turner around a room. Like, you're watching actual violence occur. It's wild that, you know, that Angela doesn't have multiple nominations. No. The amount of people who are uh, uh, just agreed upon geniuses who only have one nomination. Tilda Swinton has one nomination. I mean, she did win for it. And I would describe her as maybe the definitive... Um, um, pain actress ever like nobody conveys pain on film better than Tilda Swinton and we can only nominate her for that movie in which she's the only lady and it's uh, I mean not that Michael Clayton isn't amazing but just god the amount of time she's been fabulous like Angela Bassett um so here's my thing I would say that Angela should have won in 93 mm-hmm. for what's love got to do with it okay don't give it to Holly Hunter uh, in the piano. I know and I'm not here saying that she should have won for broadcast news mm-hmm. because I do think that Cher 
deserves that Oscar for Moonstruck. I just saw Moonstruck again last week, and she I is... just rewatched it the other week, too. She's gorgeous in that movie, and she's so likable and perfect, and so is Nicolas Cage. Yeah, all, everybody in that movie, Olympia Dukakis, Vincent Gardenia is the dad, is so hilarious. I mean, you know who I, I, think... what I might have given it to her for? I bet you're going to say the same thing. 13? Mm, no, I was going to say the next year, um, 88, when... Um, Jodie Foster won for The Accused, mm-hmm. I would have nominated Holly Hunter for Raising Arizona. I want to say Raising Arizona is technically 87 still, because she did that and Broadcast News in the same year. Did she? Yeah. Also, 88 is a, is a distinctly interesting year, because so Jodie Foster is up against these two up-and-comers, Meryl Streep in A Cry in the Dark, mm-hmm. and also Glenn Close in Dangerous Liaisons. And I think that should have been the year Glenn won, because here's what Glenn Close does well. Um, two things. Uh, one, frostiness, and two, evil. And they are both on full display there. And we wouldn't get that combination again until Damages, which was roughly 20 years. So we have owed Glenn Close a lot and rarely given it to her. I guess they did come out the exact same year. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's interesting. Well, yeah, because Broadcast News came out December 16th, 1987. Yep, right. And Mm -hmm. Raising Arizona came out in March. Mm -hmm. Broadcast News also has a great uh, small performance by Joan Cusack in it, which reminds me of one a snub I think about. that. By the way, gay men have really jumped on, at least via Twitter in the past couple years. Have you seen, I already brought up this franchise, Adam's Family Values? Yes, of course. I think a lot of the time when people talk about snubs... Everyone's seen that movie. ...that mean the most to them at the Oscars, it usually involves comedy performances because they are rarely rewarded or the movies themselves don't garner enough acclaim to really get themselves in the conversation. you know. But in Adam's Family Values, Joan Cusack with just a perfect yellow-white bob, and as we've said before, I'm a big fan of bobs, is so deliciously evil in that movie, in a perfectly cast film. She's great. Yes. It's just, it's a, it plays well again and again and again. And if you put her up against, I believe, Anna Paquin won that year for The Piano. Good performance. Fuck piano. Uh, the piano is all over the... <laughs> Ira is more opposed to the concept of a piano than the film The Piano. I think she could have competed. Unless they make a movie from The Piano Lesson... Which they haven't done, weirdly. Like a good one? Uh-huh. I think there's like a taped play version. There's a taped play version of everything. <laughs> there's a taped play I'm in several taped versions. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, Andrew Garfield as Lewis. Well, if we're talking about screenplays, mm-hmm. I think that Spike Lee, uh, for Do the Right Thing, mm-hmm. I think he could have won. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I think Dead Poet Society is a good movie. Um, but I think it's more in the performances than it is in the script. No, nothing about that movie is like um, inventive. No, it's it has a charisma about it more yeah. than it has, you know, a, a particularly innovative writing. Yes. Yeah. Um, also, speaking of Kim Basinger, do you remember that year? She stood up at the podium and she said she talked about how uh, Do the Right Thing was snubbed at that ceremony. This isn't something that took years for everybody to understand. Oh, of course. People knew then that it was a huge snub. And Kim Basinger went off book, off script, to say that on the air. It's pretty rad. That's why they love Kim Basinger. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry I was shady to her earlier. Kim Ben Basinger. <laughs> I already said that. Yeah, you I'm did. a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of a good snub in recent years. Okay. All right. Now, here's the thing. I don't think it's that cool to hate La La Land. I think at worst it's a B-. I think their conflict between Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, where I guess 
she's going out of town or he's going out of town and they can't hang out as much. Not that compelling to me. But the movie's okay otherwise. But the acting nomination for Emma Stone. And a win for Emma Stone. Against Jackie. And also Isabelle Huppert. Have you seen Elle? I've seen Elle. Elle is a, I mean, here's an overused adjective of mine, zany movie. Yeah, listen, Isabel Huppert loves Zany. Have yes. you seen the commercials for Greta? Guys, I'm first in line for fucking Greta. I'm standing on the roof of the Arclight right now, waiting for Greta to open. But you would never watch La La Land and Elle back-to-back and think, Isabel Huppert did less than Emma Stone did in that movie. You would right. never think that. And I think, at least with Natalie, per- Natalie Portman's performance, there's mm-hmm. an argument that it's... Uh, it's it's a provocative performance that you can go either way on. You can think like, oh, it's too over the top or something. With Isabelle Huppert, she is both she's hilarious. She is dark in that movie. Her dad is a dead serial killer, and she feels convincingly like that person's kid. Uh, she there's lots of sexual violence in the movie. There's a lot she has to do, and she delivers it with such believable and weirdly charismatic. Uh, uh, dark humor. It's just, it's a, an astonishing performance and a one of a kind movie. Listen, it reminds me actually of this interview with um, Kiki um, Lane from If Beale Street Could Talk. Mm-hmm. Another mini snubs this year for that movie. Well, what's his name which, in that movie? Brian Tyree Henry, amazing. Yes, which I think is a movie that people are going to revisit years from now and be like, that is so gorgeous. Uh, might and win for score, about, and I Regina know. might win, yeah. Yes, deserved for cinematography. Oh, God, everything's so lush. Um, I will say that Kiki recently said that like in an interview, um, there's such a lack of opportunities in terms of great roles for black women, especially when you look at women around my age, because you see like Emma Stone, Jennifer Lawrence, Saoirse Ronan, they have multiple Academy Awards and nominations. And then you look at actresses like Viola, Angela Bassett, they have like maybe one or two or like not even a win in Angela's case. Right. And it's a thing where it's like, it's wild in general that Emma Stone has won that award over Natalie Boardman and Isabel Huppert, but the Oscars sort of does that. They reward like a young white yeah. ingenue actress, which is so weird in a way that you can't get that as a black actress. You yeah. know, like Viola's not uh, didn't have those at a young age. Angela didn't have those at a young age, and it's like I would argue that Kiki. Lane did as much, if not more, than Emma did in La La Land in If Beale Street Could Talk. Right. It's also interesting to think about, I mean, this is no shade to Jennifer Lawrence, who was a legitimate actor and movie star, but in her 20s, she garnered more Oscar nominations than any black actress has in her entire career. Right. You know, so I mean, just that's kind of telling, right? We get for, we get for, these for opportunities. Dancing around in dish gloves, right? Oh my God, American, American Hustle. Hustle. Although she she is the only part I liked in that movie. I'm thinking about that movie. Yeah, I, I I have probably said this a couple of times. That's a movie to me that feels like they made a movie around the characters and guess who? <laughs> that guy has glasses. He has a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis? Yes? When you see footprints in the sand, that was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams rub. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? (laughs) No?
Uh, if you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus, get a life, Oprah. My God. (laughs) Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And <laughs> I am the coziest a human being can be. Because by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's like pretty mild outside and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain mm. it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Here's to the paper pushers, the rush hour warriors, and the gotta get awayers. Trade the daily grind for a place to unwind, where you can rise with the tide and roll down the boardwalk, where you can eat french fries for lunch and ice cream for dinner, where your only commute is your walk to the beach, where every day feels like Saturday. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR and how I live my life every day. Oh, I'm glad to bear witness to it. (laughs) Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of a struggle. It sounds like you at Coachella. I'm already tuned in. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations. There's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives have always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Doesn't the black experience sound like a three-disc Prince album we never got? Someone check the vault, please. <laughs> Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, well, I guess lastly, what are we looking forward to at Sunday's ceremony? To be honest, in, in this day and age with the Oscars, I'm looking forward to any welcome surprises. It's just yeah. so rare after a season anymore that like we don't fully map out what's going to happen in all of the major categories. And this is, um, I don't mean to root against Regina King, who I think is really good in um, If Beale Street Could Talk. She gets two 
very good scenes. I actually like her the most in the first scene where she gets into that fight, or, or there's a fight and she deals with it. Oh, but, yes, at the house. Yes. That, that, in, that entire scene is why I think that Beale Street deserved more nominations. Yeah. Um, but man, Rachel Weisz in The Favorite. I just love deadpan women being absolutely cruel and also queer. You know, it's it's so interesting because, you know, I feel like I'm rooting so hard for Regina King because just, you know, in my mind, I'm like, will she get another nomination? Right. You never know. Yeah. And she's such a tour de force, but it's also like, so are many of the other black women who didn't rack up other nominations. I finally watched yeah. um, Support the Girls with Regina Hall recently, mm-hmm. and it's just... In any other year, it feels like that would have been a, a contender to win. You know, yeah. just a, just a tremendous performance. So it does feel like you're hedging on whether or not how many black actresses in a year can be nominated. You know, yeah, we've never know. had a year where all five were. You know, yeah. Uh, let's get that year. Yeah, let's get Regina, Viola, Angela. Like, let's get them all up in some hot movies and get some directing. That would be cute. Get some awards, you know? That's when I, that's, that's the time when, you know, like, I'm never like, oh my God, like these white actor directors need to like do like a black movie or things like that. But it's also things where it's like, Damien Chazelle, you know, like you can't work with a black lead, you know, mm-hmm. instead of like Ryan Gosling again. Right, right, like, right. That movie seems more interesting than First Man. Like, the black, the scene where the black people were protesting in First Man was one of the more interesting scenes. Oh, right. Like, yes. What would that story have been? I feel like we didn't have any conversation about that part of the movie. No. That's also, I'm confounded about that movie because I do think technically it is amazing and it feels like, it feels like the way space travel would have felt in 1969, which is to say a rickety roller coaster <laughs> made of wood. Uh, but The Viper. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Six Flags Great America. Yeah. That's for all our gurney listeners. Um <laughs> Uh, 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 but the domestic stuff felt a little too quaint to me, and I just, I, yeah, Claire Foy's performance with that Temple Grandin accent, real you know, strange. I guess we just need more opportunities for filmmakers like Barry Jenkins and Spike Lee um, to make movies mm-hmm. for black actors because nobody else is doing it. Yeah, I'm rooting for uh, this woman, Chloe Zhao is her name, who did that movie The Rider uh, this year. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to where well, she she's goes doing... next. A Marvel movie. Right. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, get your coins, girl. Please. <laughs> Do you think Best Picture is going to be Roma? That's my guess. I think it's going to be... Do you think... You don't... Th- well, I think it's going to be Black Panther. Really? Yeah. I would be... I mean, that would be rad as hell. I would, I would love it. The shock... The shock waves in the auditorium would be amazing. It's sort of like the year that Toy Story 3 was nominated for Best Picture. I would have been cool with that winning just so we can prove, yeah, we, we are capable of giving Best Picture to an animated movie and one that is totally acclaimed. Black Panther has to be the most acclaimed comic book movie of all time. Right. So if we gave it Best Picture, that would be affirming in a way that I would find totally bearable, even though, you know, I don't understand capes and powers. I get it, you know, and it'd be a fuck you to, like, the people who, like, have their anonymous Oscar ballot who are like, I just think that superhero movies are, like, trash is something you get at the gas station and then later admit it, I have not seen Black Panther yet. Though. That really is where do, where, that's Hollywood Reporter? Yeah. Where do they find these people these who, won, who one, think this shit and two are like let me get on the phone. Right. Let me recount how much I said. But suck. anonymously there's always some person with some racist comment or something like, or the person who's like, 
I'm voting for Green Book because I hate being told what to watch. <laughs> you have no opinions of your own, just resentment. Just resentment. It's like, did you enjoy Green Book, sir? Oh, my God. I fell asleep during Green Book. I fell asleep. Uh, well, I've watched it 900 times. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's our episode. Thank you for listening to the first Keep It Brief, and we'll see you next week. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.